Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Get Well Soon, XOXO. I'm your host, Maddie Manick, and for those of you who don't know, I started this podcast with the goal to help those who are also on their self-love slash self-help journey by sharing some of my own experiences, and hopefully, you know, just one day being able to share some of your guys' as well. I will also be including some fitness slash wellness tips and tricks that I have learned through some trial and error, and also just some life updates and stories here and there to give it a little bit of variety. Um, So thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy, and let's get into the episode. All right, everyone, as I announced at the end of last week's episode, I've got a guest on with me today, and today's guest is Sydney Leach. Um, She is my cousin, as well as my bestie since birth, and she is currently working as a therapist, so I thought it'd be cool to have her on and to get that perspective, but I will let her explain that a little more herself and then kind of introduce herself. So take it away, Sydney. Thanks, Maddie. Yes, so I'm Sydney Leach, just got married, and I am getting my MSW, Master's of Social Work, at UVU currently, and I also got a Bachelor's of Social Work, so my program's just a little bit shorter than if you were going to get a Master's without that degree, mm-hmm. and I am a therapist intern right now. I do see my own clients, and I just discuss them with my supervisor, and that is allowed within um super supervision mm-hmm. and there's not any HIPAA laws with that because she needs to know what's going on and help me direct that. Yeah. And I'm at Meadowbrook Counseling in Draper. They do have a lot of different offices and different therapists in each office. Not all of them are CSWs, which is clinical social work. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm a clinical social work intern, CSWI. I just say I'm a therapist to make it faster. But yeah. <laughs> um There are also other people there, MFTs, American Family Therapists, things like that. And then, yeah, I've known Maddie since birth Mm -hmm. because she's a year and a half older than me. And we lived in the same state for most of our life. And we moved. And then I moved too and lived in the same state. And we're back at it, live about 30 minutes from each other. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been fun. It's awesome. Well, perfect. Okay, now that you guys know a little bit about Sydney, um, let's get into why I wanted to bring her on today. Um, As I have previously mentioned in my um, earlier episodes, my anxiety was a big reason for me deciding to start this podcast, and it is a topic that will come up a lot on here, but anxiety comes in so many different shapes and sizes, and it's definitely not a one-fits-all type of thing. So since I only really deal with one of those forms of anxiety, um, I definitely would not do as well speaking on all the other forms with my little knowledge of it. So I thought it would be perfect to have Sydney to come on to discuss all of that with us because she has previously told me some of the different forms of anxiety that she has seen with patients of hers and I'm sure um, stuff she has seen like in her schooling as well. So she can definitely give us a much better insight. Um, I also asked her if she wouldn't mind providing some coping skills that either she has tried herself or that she has referred to clients. So since she is the expert here, I will let her dive in. Okay, so I will start kind of with my experience as having anxiety personally as well as having 
a specific phobia or fear anxiety. And then I can talk about coping skills with that, as well as as a therapist, the different forms of anxiety I've seen and a couple um, non-detailed experiences others have had. Yeah. So I've had anxiety probably since I was six or seven. And my anxiety is a little different than Maddie's, which as I talk more about it, you'll see that anxiety comes in many different forms. I wasn't as much of a worrier, but I had this feeling kind of in my heart and in the pit of my stomach that I can only describe as someone maybe sitting on your chest or stomach cramps, Mm -hmm. just kind of feeling like I can't breathe, which is very common with the anxiety part of it. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that this may come up. When I was little, I would knock on my neighbor's door and I wouldn't know who would answer. So I would start to pace and practice what I would say, depending on who would answer. Mm -hmm. Um, The people pleasing, not having the house exactly how my mom would want it. Maddie knows my mom and her mom both will call them clean freaks, but very particular how they want their house cleaned. Mm -hmm. And a situation that would happen, I have two older siblings that didn't really care if my mom was mad that they didn't clean. So... She'd give us a little job list in the morning during the summer and she would say, you can't watch TV or play outside until it's done. And so I would want to get straight to it. My siblings didn't care, would go turn on the TV and two hours before my mom would come home, they'd be like, oh, I guess we should start. And I just would have so much anxiety that my mom would get mad or, or that we were doing something bad. So that's kind of the people pleasing part of it. That's Um, how it was with me and my family too. I was the one that was like freaking out to like get our chores done. And everyone else is kind of like, calm down, I'll do it when we hear that the garage opens. And I was like, not having it. So, and then it sucks because you end up doing more Uh than everyone else is doing their stuff too. No one cares (laughs) if they get in trouble or yeah, um, even you don't even like care about getting in trouble. You just don't want your mom to be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, with my specific phobia, uh, this, so I have a specific phobia. It's called emetophobia, E-M-E-T-O phobia. It's um, fear of vomiting or like other people vomiting. So I've had that since probably I was six or seven. I don't really remember when it came about, but Maddie can also attest anytime anyone was sick around us, any movies, anytime someone didn't feel good, car sick. I would be crying. I would be pacing if we were outside. It was just not good. So yes, (laughs) I would avoid public bathrooms, uh, movies with throw up, things like that. And that has definitely given me panic attacks. Even in the past years, I've gotten panic attacks from that. Um, Another thing that gave me a panic attack was finances. When I was in college, I worked at a certain job that is a franchise And I thought I was going to get transferred to the one in Logan. It didn't end up happening. And so I was trying to figure out what job to get. I didn't know if it was going to happen. My mom would be on the phone with me and I would have a panic attack. And that is when she was like, Sid, I think we should get this figured out. Like, this isn't normal, (laughs) which I really thought it was. Like, I just thought like, well, yeah, it's just stress. And it's like, no, it's a little different. (laughs) So when I got diagnosed with anxiety was fall semester Um, when I was a freshman in college, I just moved out and that wasn't what was giving me the panic. It was not knowing where I was going to work, how I was going to afford college, taking out all these loans, all of that kind of stuff. So that was my panic attack. That was my first one that I remember like someone noticing and being like, that's not normal. Went to the doctor, got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I got put on a certain medication 
And then about two years later, realized I still have anxiety, but I also have depression. They put me on a different medication that works both for anxiety and depression. And that's what I've been on for the last like three years. And then, so my specific phobia, um, but this is a specific story with having a panic attack and knowing that I needed help, mm -hmm. which I forgot to say this. If you're listening, if you're ever thinking about therapy, I would recommend doing it. You don't have to go to me. You can go to anyone. There's lots of resources, online telehealth, in person. But if you need any resources, you can reach out to Maddie and Maddie can definitely reach out to me if you need help finding one. Yeah, but. I actually tried an online one and I thought it was awesome. I, I think it's a great resource for people who aren't able to leave the house, mm -hmm. aren't able to, you know, with kids and stuff. Yeah. I, I see people telehealth um, just because it's like my kid's sleeping. I just mm -hmm. need to like be here. Yeah, or it like works. for me, the idea of having to like drive in Utah to an office I've never been to before that gives me anxiety. Yeah, so definitely. Not that's gonna drive. <laughs> yeah, that's for it's something for everyone. Some people are like, I do it on my lunch break. Yeah. There's lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Maddie knows this story, but I used to work in a detention shelter for the state of Utah. Um, one side was detention, like juvenile delinquency type of thing. The other was a shelter that was not like people that weren't required to be there. Like it's more DCFS kids with fostering and kids who have like ran away from home and need a break from their parents. So yeah. two different sides. I was there and a youth who even herself was like, that was stupid. I did that. She was being dumb and decided to swallow a grape hole and started choking. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was by myself and I was like, I, I can't give her the Heimlich. She's going to throw up. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I mean, I tried to give her the Heimlich, but yeah. I've never given someone the Heimlich before. Oh yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And there was other youth there. The youth aren't allowed to touch each other. Like that's a big no-no. Yeah. And one of the other youth, like I started having a panic attack. Like I couldn't feel my hands. I was like starting to cry. And I just didn't know what was happening. And... Someone, I was, it was just, oh, was so bad. Yeah. So I ended up, um, cause I knew if I gave her the Heimlich, she was going to throw up and I would, I've never done something to make someone throw up. That's mm -hmm. like my literal fear. So one of the youth ended up giving her the Heimlich and she ended up like throwing up, but then she, and I felt bad because a foster kid, basically people have given up on her and here yeah. I am not helping her. So that sucked. But she noticed it wasn't just like, I didn't want to. Like, she realized, like, yeah. it's, yeah. So, I she did end up throwing up. And the people who were working were like, hey, go take a walk. Because they could tell I was not mm -hmm. well. So, I went outside. <laughs> and I was sitting on, like, one of those, like, lamppost cement things. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there. And they came out. And I was just, like, sobbing. And they were like, what's wrong? And I was like, I, I don't, I can't, I can't work here. Like, they, I can't not help them, but I yeah. also can't help them. And they were like, okay, just go home. And so I was going to go out to my car. And then I realized, oh, I still have my work stuff with me. I don't have my car keys that's inside. So I was going to go out and I literally couldn't walk because my legs were like so jittery. Mm -hmm. And so I had a panic attack on the pavement and they almost hospitalized me. Oh my God. And that was, yeah. And that was my, you know what? It was actually... My parents were in Omaha visiting your family right over Thanksgiving. Oh, really? It was the day. It was the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. It was the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did not know that happened. Yeah, no, I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really uh, uh, announce it. But yeah, um, so I ended up when I was okay. I ended up driving home, and I was like, 
I got to get this fixed. Like, I can't have that situation happen. The next day, they asked if I was okay to go to work. And I was like, yes. And I went back into the shelter and I talked to the girl and I'm like, I'm really sorry. And she's like, no, it's okay. It was a scary situation. Me and her kind of had like a trauma bonding moment, (laughs) uh, which I don't necessarily recommend, but, um, she knew that I, I was like, I promise I'm going to get help. And like, I am so sorry. And like, it was like very precious that she forgave me, but I also was like, that was not cool of me. So that's a scary situation. It was Like. like, my mom has gone through something where she had to give someone CPR at her job, but the thing that mm-hmm. she does at her job is not common to give CPR. Yeah. So for her, that really traumatized her. And she's like, well, I think it's because they weren't breathing. I'm like, no, mom, it was scary. But like, I think the bigger thing was that she was going to throw up. And that yeah. was the thing that got me. I was currently seeing a therapist and I told her about the situation and I was like, I need to find someone who can help me with this. And she was like, I actually do therapy for phobias. And I was like, oh, well, that's good because I would rather go to someone who knows my situation. Yeah. So it's called EMDR, which um, basically it's like rapid eye movement. If you've ever seen someone doing it, it's it's really good for trauma and phobias. It's very mm-hmm. scary. It's, it's kind of like exposure therapy. It's really scary because you are forced to remember the situation. Mm-hmm. But by doing it, it, you kind of change the narrative and you kind of fix it from like what you think. Yeah. So um, after doing it, like it was amazing. I, I didn't know what to expect, but this will probably shock Maddie, but there's, so, you know, the sand lot, there's a throw up scene. Yeah. I, it's disgusting. I remember Hunter would literally try to like replay it. Like oh you would gosh. leave and I feel like he would try to like replay it so that when I came back, yeah, that it would happen when you came back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, that's classic Hunter. <laughs> Hunter is uh, our cousin on the same side. So yeah, he's, he's, he's about a year or nine, ten months younger yeah, than Maddie. Eleven and like months younger Six than me. months older than me. So yeah. he's right in between us. So it was kind of me, Maddie, and Hunter yeah. for our childhood. But yeah, that sounds like him. Um, <laughs> so I was able to watch the Sandlot scene twice. Wow. It was, it was still, I don't like it. I don't like throw up. I don't think anyone likes I don't think anyone likes to watch Having a fear of a bodily function that happens whether people want it to or not is really just, I, that was the only time I had that exposure therapy. And I honestly probably should do it again, but that therapist lives in Logan. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, another time I had a panic attack was I had the flu this last Easter and I was throwing up nonstop and it was just, I was like, this isn't getting better. I can't even keep water down and I'm a water drinker. I can drink a hydro flask in like an hour, Mm -hmm. but I had to take sips and I was throwing it up and I was like, I need to go to the doctor. Colby wasn't feeling good. So I was like, okay, you stay here. I'll go to the urgent care. And I went and I got there and they were kind of like, yeah, we can't do anything unless you've been throwing up for like 40 hours straight. Oh and I was gosh. like, can you at least give me Zofran, <laughs> which is a medicine that they give pregnant women who are really nauseous and stuff. And I, they were like, oh, well, and they were just beating around the bush. And they basically were like, kind of just have to go home and wait it out. And I was like, and I literally, I started crying. I was like, no, like I can't, I can't throw up anymore. Like I'm going to die. Like this is the end. And they were just like not helping me. So I had a panic attack on the floor of the urgent care. And this was like less than a year ago. Colby was, Colby's my husband now, but we were just in, no, we weren't even, this was like the week before we got engaged. We lived <laughs> together and I called my mom and I couldn't even talk because like my hands were numb. My like mouth I don't even know it was the weirdest thing and unless you're going through a panic attack really just like 
I like black out almost. It's awful. But my mom called Colby and had him come pick me up. And they, the EMTs came there and they were like, they were able to help me breathe, which I don't know how, but they were like, hold your breath. And I was like, that is not what I want to do right now. I want to like hyperventilate. Yeah. They're like, no, by doing that, like the, like you're not getting any air oh, in. Yeah. So they're like, hold your breath. And it started making my hands so I could like feel them again. And I was oh. like, EMTs know what they're doing? That's crazy. I know. So that is one thing I would not have guessed, but holding your breath when you're having a panic attack helps you get the oxygen everywhere. That is so, good to know. I, I don't think I've ever experienced them, but that's good yeah, to that's, know for that. Yeah, anxiety attacks and panic attacks are different. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably haven't really had an anxiety attack and I've only had panic attacks, but yeah. yeah. So coping skills for, um, for GAD or generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. I do finger tapping. A lot of people do that if you see them. Yeah, I've heard of that one. So basically you just, whatever you like to do, you just tap your fingers in a certain way and I'll do it without even realizing I'm doing it uh-huh. when I'm nervous or whatever. Um, another thing, this is if you're kind of really going through it, you can't always do this. Like I can do finger tapping when I'm in like in a session. I can't watch a movie I love that I've seen a bunch of times, but that is another coping yeah. skill. Like if I'm really going through it, I'll just turn on Parent Trap, I'll turn on Mean Girls or turn on a movie and I'm like, you know what? It's, you know, I know how this goes. I know how the ending happens. Okay. So that is why I like doing that. I literally like, like my whole life, I will just go and I will rewatch shows and movies. I've seen like a billion times. And I just feel like, so like, com- like they'll come on like my comfort shows. Like for sure. Like, and I, I, I read a thing forever ago and it's the random tweets and things where you're like, this is true. But you're like, okay, I don't know if this has any background yeah. evidence, but People with anxiety like to watch the things that they've seen a bunch of times because they, they they're like comfortable with it and yeah. they're not gonna like be surprised. Okay, that makes sense. If Maddie knows, but Ashton, my sister, loves going to see new movies, and I don't like to see new movies because I don't know if there's gonna be throw up in them. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. So yeah. I love watching movies that I've already seen, mm-hmm. and a movie that does have throw up, but I'm okay with it is Mean Girls because oh, I can okay. just you don't see any of it. I know exactly when it happens. You can yeah. mute it and then it's done. Yeah. And it's honestly, I've been able to listen. I've gotten a lot better. I've been able to listen to that one. I, I don't intently listen to it, but mm-hmm. I can have it on in the background. And if I he- hear them throw up, it's not absolutely awful. Yeah. I have gotten better with throw up for sure. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So there's this grounding technique called five, four, three, two, one. Basically, um, I think this works for all ages, but you, when you're kind of, I'll just say going through it. When you're having a lot of anxiety, you count five things you could say five things you can see so mm-hmm. um a poster a rug a blanket and then you list whatever and then four things that you can feel three things you can um hear two things you can smell the smell one's a little hard because when you're in a room it kind of just smells like yeah. the room maybe if you have a candle sometimes I'll just tell clients to smell like think of their favorite smell like oh I love cookies or I love pine or whatever yeah. and then the last one is one thing you can taste I don't like that one because you just taste your mouth like, yeah so I just say one thing you like about yourself so yeah. that one helps I have a younger client who possibly has autism the parents are not sure but he struggles with that and when he's kind of not listening and you know, stressing out a lot, his parents will do that. And it's kind of like a game to him. Mm-hmm. So that works for them. Some, some people, all of these coping skills might work for some people and not for others. Yeah. 
Another one is 30 second mindfulness. I did not invent this. This came off of um, a TED talk when I was in school, but basically mindfulness, you can do, you can do it for however long you want, but 30 seconds is one that I actually do. If it's like a 10 minute mindfulness, I don't do it. It's like, it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> but so 30 seconds, you basically will say three things that you like and like breathe in between them. So I'll just say like three things that you see. So I'll just say my water bottle and then a plant. And then one last thing, um, your laptop. And you do that and it should take about 30 seconds and you can do it multiple times. Mm -hmm. A time I did this, we got off of a plane in LAX. I hate LAX traffic. It was super overwhelming. My parents were all sorts of annoyed. Colby was like, this is why I don't fly into LAX. Ashton was trying to like, Ashton's my sister. She's trying to hold her baby and all this stuff. And it was just like so chaotic. And I literally was like, this is luggage. Like mm -hmm. Ashton's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hold on. <laughs> and it really, it helped me. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Sometimes I like to try to figure out what I'm anxious about. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, why am I anxious? I'm anxious because I don't know if me and Colby are going to go on this trip. We've been talking about it and we've, and something happened and we don't know. Okay. Can I control that situation? Usually I can't control the situation. So I really try to just be like, okay, if I can't control it, I'm going to try to just, I'm going to try to just think of other things. Yeah. And then, um, I think cold air, drinking cold water, cold air. If I'm ever anxious in the car, I'll just blast cold air. Even if I'm, because when I get hot, I get really overwhelmed. Yeah, me and, too. Like if you're in a sauna, like I feel like I would just get so much more overwhelmed than if I was like in a freezer. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and drinking water definitely helps me. Going for a walk sometimes, mm -hmm. um, definitely. And then for phobia, holding the breath, like during the panic attack. Yeah. Focusing on other things, like when I had that panic attack at work, all I had to do was just focus on driving home. When I got home, I took this certain medication called hydroxyzine that my doctor specifically gave me for panic attacks and I took a nap and that's was like, okay. And then thinking of my favorite movie, if I can't watch it, I know parent trap like the back of my hand. So I can mm -hmm. just think of my favorite parts. Same with mean girls. Honestly, any Lindsay Lohan movie from yeah. the 2000s <laughs> were good. Um, and then I have, I can talk about, um, different things I've seen as a therapist. So I will just kind of go through them. I have a big list just to keep me on track, mm -hmm. but, um, these are kind of like the different forms of anxiety I've seen. There is someone who's a worrier in quotation marks or someone who's catastrophizing. Mm -hmm. She kissed someone and she kissed her boyfriend in public in a movie theater. She thought that she was going to go to jail because I was going to be PDA and someone wasn't going to like that. And she's going to go to jail. It's going to, she can't go to college, blah, blah, blah. And like, she really was thinking this and that's, that's catastrophizing. You kiss someone in public. Okay. Maybe if you're worried about it, don't do it again. Listen, a lot worse things have happened in movie theaters for sure. And, or, oh, they're on vacation and they're not texting me. They must not be into me. And it's like, okay, I'm mind reading, mind reading another one. If you pass them in the hallway, you wave to them, you don't, um, they don't wave back. You're like, I must be a terrible person. They must be mad at me. I must've made them mad, blah, blah, blah. And really it's like, they were running late. They didn't notice. They have something on their mind. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but you're walking in the hall, you're doing something, someone waves at you and you're like in la la land mm -hmm. all the time. So another one that anxiety can come 
it's called trichotillomania. It's pulling out your hair. Oh, okay. That goes along with OCD. It's when you can't control, like you can't control anything. Mm-hmm. So you control what you can by pulling out your hair. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, there's such thing as like non-suicidal self-injury. People who like cut themselves aren't, who aren't suicidal. It, it gives them some sort of release of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And because it's a negative coping skill, they can go to therapy and find other coping skills that work the same without injuring themselves. Same with trichotillomania without hurting their hair and ripping yeah. it out. Um, they can do other coping skills that are healthy. Yeah. Um, car. I had a client who had a car accident feeling guilty that they wrecked the, the car, not being able to sleep from it. I taught her the 30 second mindfulness. And for her, that really helped. I don't think it's absolutely for everyone, but, um, I think it worked for her. Um, anxiety about being unhappy and feeling like they should leave their husband. because They're not on the same path. Been married for over 30 years. Husband, wants to just, you know, not travel, not do things that they just used to like to do. And so that's a client I've seen and they're just having anxiety about, am I a terrible person for leaving? Do I want to leave? Is this going to be better if I leave type of thing? Um, anxiety of getting in trouble mixed with autism. So they're doing things they don't realize is wrong, like, or they know it's wrong, but they're, they, they just, their brain tells them to do it anyway. Um, anxiety in parenting and, not knowing how to go to their spouse because they're in parentheses, emotionally fragile and sensitive. Sorry, not parentheses, quotations. <laughs> just like not knowing how to go about it because their wife just is going to take it the wrong way, yeah. which it's hard in that situation. I was like, I wish I was your wife's therapist because in that way I can help explain it. But if you just go like try to talk to them about something, I'm not their therapist. I don't know. Um, anxiety that husband's talking to other women who's who he's previously been with and then the husband gaslighting them being like, no, you're crazy. That's not happening. Or why do you care? I've had other people who don't care and just comparing that kind of thing. Um, worrying to the extreme anxiety that life isn't going how it should be. They're getting sick from everything they eat because their anxiety is making them sick. Mm -hmm. And sometimes at that rate, people have been, um, like admitted to not psychiatric, but like admitted to treatment that's just meant for more intensive. Yeah. That's not outpatient, which is what I do. Yeah. Anxiety from husband being um, narcissistic and not realizing and thinking everything's your fault. Thinking like, oh, if I cry, it's manipulative. If I, if I talk to this male waiter to ask for a spoon, he's going to think I'm cheating on them or something. Yeah. And it's just, and it's. I'm not saying you have to leave them. People stay for whatever reasons, but it's definitely something to get anxiety over. Mm -hmm. Anxiety that son's autistic and not knowing how to handle that, not knowing if they can take responsibility for certain things or if it's not able to. Anxiety in marriage when they have an addiction, specifically like a porn addiction, because addiction in general is really difficult to overcome and people would rather just be able to take something to make them not addicted, but clearly that's just not really how it works, especially yeah. with porn. Um, social, social anxiety, being embarrassed of what people think of them, not knowing what to say or how to make friends, anxiety that their parents should be together, that mom's being mean to dad, that they have to pick one parent over the other. And then the last one is anxiety of finances and not being able to bring this up to spouse because they're sensitive and they feel like they're kind of working their life away in an environment that's, you know, fairly negative, but 
if they stop working, then they're worried about money and they don't know how to bring it up. Those yeah. kind of things. So that is just the people that I've seen in a couple of months. Yeah. And that's not even all of them, but it's just, there's so many different kinds mm-hmm. of anxiety and it's not just like I have anxiety that people are going to make fun of me at school. That's absolutely valid. But there's some things where it's like, I have anxiety that someone's going to throw up and people who don't have emetophobia are like, what? Mm-hmm. or, or just the extreme warrior. People just don't think about it. It's like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I feel like finding coping skills, you can Google coping skills and sometimes they work. I think a huge thing is self care, mm-hmm. which with, which is why I'm happy Maddie is making this podcast because she's, saying the ways that she's doing self-care along with different things. Like there's so many different ways you can do self-care. I think you can do physical self-care. Like I'm going to do a spa night. I'm going to treat my skin. I'm going to do something relaxing for me, whether that's I'm going to light candles, I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to just binge watch a show Mm -hmm. or there's, you know, spiritual people who are not religious. You don't have to go to church to have spiritual self-care, but you can be like, I'm going to donate to this. I'm going to go outside and feel connected with, you know, the universe. I'm going to go volunteer at some sort of shelter or something like that. Like there's so many different forms of self-care and that is kind of a great way to help with your mental health things that's usually free. Like you can do so many things like I'm going to journal. I'm going to write letters to my family who lives far away. I'm going to call my family that I don't talk to as much or I'm going to call my sibling who I'm going to fight with and I'm going to just, and it's just things that you like to do. I have a client who she's like seven and their family has a hot tub and she's like, I'm going to go in the hot tub. I'm like, perfect. If that's what works for you, go for it. Most people can't just be like, I'm going to go in the hot tub. So I'm like, if it works for you, it works for you. So that's kind of what I have to say about anxiety. And I'm sure if Maddie has things to question, I have maybe answers. (laughs) No, I think that was all great. I definitely did not know that there was like that many different forms and like a lot of I definitely had heard some of, like, the coping skills mm-hmm. and mechanisms just, like, from research or, like, when I was seeing, like, I saw her, the therapist I saw, it was, like, literally twice, mm-hmm. but I just kind of, I it's more, I feel like I need that, like, in the moment, but it's not something that I need, like, every single week. Yeah, I feel like there are, um, my brother got divorced at one point and he'd never seen a therapist And my mom's work had an EAP, which is um, like employee assisted program. So they can do therapy for free or for a discounted price. And so he did that and it was really good to help talk through the emotions. Yeah. But like he personally doesn't want to see a therapist every week. That's yeah. And I think that that is totally fine. And I think there are some people who see the same therapist for years. And there are some people who like I have a client who's like was just having some anger issues found a sport that she really likes and it like is working great for her Mm -hmm. and now we're just trying to focus on how she can balance school and that sport and making sure that she's prioritizing the things she needs to and that's like great and I if she wasn't doing like if she was doing better in school and really didn't need any help like I probably would discharge her or just kind of hey call as needed type of thing yeah so I think that's definitely the case. And therapy isn't for everyone, but I think everyone at some point in their life should try it. I agree. <laughs> and especially couples therapy is hard. A lot of people go when they're at like the last straw, like mm-hmm. the, and I've seen times where people are like, 
they've already made up their mind that they're just like, yeah. I want to try, I want to try to make sure it's like the last, like I did everything I could. Yeah. And I'm like, there really is some people who that works for, but there's some people who are like, we're too far gone. Yeah. So I think if you're ever considering therapy, there's lots of options and there are some that don't take insurance, but there are a lot that take insurance. Mm-hmm. At Meadowbrook, we take in most insurances yeah. and lots of, I've tried like three or four different therapists at different clinics. So I know that there's yeah. lots. And the one that I did, Talkspace, it mm-hmm. also takes insurance. So Yeah, I think most of them do. Yeah. Like there are some that are private paid, but they'll tell you that. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, that was awesome. That was great to hear about everything. And I'm sure... Everyone else is going to love that. So thanks so much, Sydney, for coming on and telling us all about that. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that I could spread awareness to mental health. (laughs) Of course. I'll definitely have to have you back on because it's definitely something I'm going to want to talk about a lot here and there. So we'll definitely have you back on. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I really hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and getting to know Sydney as well. Um, Is there anything else that you want to say, Sydney? Um, I don't think so. I just think um, keep following Maddie, and she probably has lots of things coming up that are interesting, especially with the holidays. We're big into the holidays in this family. Yep, we are. We are getting in. That's what I was saying. I'm decorating this weekend for Christmas. We decorated Ashley's house last yeah. weekend. <laughs> it was awesome. Full blast this point on. But with that, um, just a little housekeeping. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave this episode or the podcast or review if you haven't yet because it will help me tremendously and I will love you forever. Plus, it will ensure that you never miss an episode, so it's a no-brainer there. Um, next week I will be talking about how you can switch to a more non-toxic lifestyle, not toxic, (laughs) because nobody wants to be toxic or, you know, maybe you do, but that's none of my business, but give it a listen anyways, because there are going to be so many, um, awesome tips that I'm going to be sharing and I'm so excited about it. Um, Sydney, how can our listeners find you on social media? So I better check on my social media. Okay. So my social media now is for Instagram. It's Sid Swen Leach. So S-Y-D-S-W-E-N-L-E-A-C-H. And then I believe my Facebook is linked with that. And I think it's the same. It's Sydney Swenson Leach or just, oh, it's Sydney Leach. Okay. And um, if you follow Maddie, she follows me. Yeah. So you should be able to find Another it. Another way you'll be, yeah. And if you're, I don't see people that I know, but if you're interested in therapy and I've never met you, <laughs> then definitely you can go to Meadowbrook Draper. You can call them and get an appointment or just therapy in general is awesome for anyone. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. And as always, you can find me on Instagram as maddie.manic, my personal account, and the underscore wellness underscore diaries with three S's for my fit account, and maddie.manic for my TikTok, and then my YouTube is linked in my Insta bio, and I will have that all linked in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to live your life beautifully. Talk to you next Wednesday.